His name is Jesus, and if for no other reason, we can just celebrate that right now, can't we? Come on. I don't know about you, but I like when the music's turned up really loud because I can actually sing really good. I was hitting every one of those high notes with Megan on Oh Holy Night. Hey, can we give it up for our worship team? Is that okay? These guys do an amazing job every single time. If I haven't gotten a chance to meet you yet, I know we've got a lot of guests with us. My name's Aaron, and I'm uh, fortunate, humbled, and honored to be the lead pastor of this church. And uh, we know there's a lot of people that actually couldn't make it tonight because there's a lot of sickness going around. And so for those of you that are watching online and couldn't make it, uh, man, we just really are thankful that you can join us in this way. Can we welcome them in here with our applause as well? Yeah, and quickly, just by a show of hands, how many of you, either you or somebody in your household has been sick in the last two weeks? Yeah, awesome. Welcome to the super spreader event, also known as our Christmas Eve. No, don't leave, don't leave. Don't leave. Uh, As you can tell, I'm trying to recover from something myself. God has given me grace and favor to make it through three services, but we are truly, truly, truly honored to have you here. And I know not every one of you would necessarily call me your pastor because this might be the first time you've ever come here before, or maybe you're typically a part of another church and you're uh, attending here today with family and you're visiting from out of town. But even though I might not be your pastor, I am a pastor, and uh, I would tell you that this week I've been praying for you. Uh, This week I've sat many times throughout this week in one of these chairs and just asked God to remind me of the people that will be joining us today and what they could be going through. And so if you're a single mom, uh, I want to let you know that I've been praying for you this week. Uh, that maybe if uh, you're just, you feel like you're hold, holding on by a string, um, that God will give you something today, a whisper, a reminder that he sees you, he knows your situation, uh, and he's going to come through for you. Uh, I've been praying for those of you that maybe came here out of reluctance, honestly. Maybe you came here because this is just the thing that you're supposed to do when it's this time of year, and so you showed up with family members, and it's kind of just part of it but you didn't necessarily come expecting to receive anything today or get anything today. I want to let you know I've been praying for you. And and maybe you would say, I don't know you, but maybe you would say that there was a moment in your life in the past where there was a glimmer of faith, uh, but you didn't necessarily pursue it. And so with time, it's dwindled, as most things do that we don't develop. It's dwindled, and uh, potentially you've drifted away from this being something that's important to you. And maybe you showed up today not expecting to receive anything. And I pray, I've been praying Uh, that God would surprise you, that God would give you something, that he would do something in maybe through the words that I say or something that you sing, or just, (laughs) he just has a tendency to work powerfully, uh, even despite some of the things that we do, and that he would just remind you that he sees you, and he would love to work in and through your life in a deeper way if you would just open yourself up to him. So let me do this. Let me just pray for us right now, and then we'll jump in. God, um, I, I'm not sure whatever, what brought everybody through the doors today. You do. And uh, God, I pray that even though some may have come here not expecting anything, that you would surprise them, that you would remind them of how real you are and you want a relationship with every single person in this room. Really, that's what Christmas is about. You sent Jesus to reconcile and redeem something that we broke so that we could have a relationship with you again and I just pray, God, that you would use this evening in a very significant way. We love you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, I want to begin with a question, if that's okay. Uh, I want to ask you the question, what, what makes Christmas complete for you? In other words, if this, whatever this is, if that were to be removed, it wouldn't feel like Christmas at all. 
Some people may say it's a service like this. Like if this were to be removed, like this is a really big part of your Christmas rhythms and making sure that you come here and you remind yourself of why we celebrate this to begin with. Maybe if that were to be removed, it wouldn't feel like Christmas. Maybe for you, it's your Christmas decorations, Christmas tree, and if those things weren't around, it would, just wouldn't feel like Christmas. For others, there could be traditions in your family where everybody gets together and you've kind of got that, that meal that you've mastered, like everybody's got their, their recipe that they've mastered and they, they bring that to the table and you have this incredible Christmas dinner together and it's like, man, if that weren't to be, or if that were to be removed, it just wouldn't feel like Christmas at all. I want you to hold that thought. Today, I want us to look at just one word. And you've likely already figured out what this word is. It's the theme of our Christmas Eve service. It's the word behold. And the reason I want to look at this particular word is because we find this word in the narrative of the Christmas story as well as some significant places in the life of Jesus. And if you're new to the church, uh, the New Testament is actually written in Greek. And so the Greek word that we see when this word behold shows up is the word edo, which means to pay attention, to be sure to see, to not miss this. And throughout the New Testament narrative, this word will show up. And usually God uses it right before he explains something or shows something that's incredibly significant. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to say, don't overlook this. Make sure you don't miss this because if you do, something about your faith and something about your understanding of me is going to feel incomplete. I wanna show you two different uh, scenarios where this word shows up specifically in the Christmas story. The first one is when the angel Gabriel comes and he meets the Virgin Mary and he lets her know that even though she is a virgin, that God's getting ready to do something miraculous. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid. I want you to remember that. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, pay attention. Don't miss this. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called son of the most high and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, of his kingdom, there will be no end. Nine months later, another angel shows up, and this time he's speaking to some shepherds out in a field. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not. There it is again. For behold, pay attention. Don't miss this. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, even though this word behold doesn't necessarily find its way into our regular communication, um, when we're communicating with people, uh, or maybe you should try it. Like next time you walk into your house, just be like, behold, daddy's home. Just see what, just see what the kids do, right? It'd be fun. Even though we don't use this in our regular everyday communication, I would tell you we, we definitely use the explanation of what behold means. 
right? I mean, throughout our lives, we're telling people, hey, pay attention. Hey, don't miss this. Maybe if you're a school teacher, you have to do this all the time. Or if you have young children, hey, pay attention. Don't miss this. I would tell you that we do this sometimes in the context of going and visiting a place that somebody else has been to before, right? If you're going to go to a vacation destination somebody else has been to before, they may say, hey, make sure you don't miss this. Make sure you pay attention to this. Now, we get this as Coloradans, right? Because people want to come and visit the best state in the nation, right? Come on, somebody. And so uh, we often are given the opportunity to let people know, hey, and even in this, this particular city, Colorado Springs, it's like, hey, don't miss Garden of the Gods. Make sure you pay attention to the drive on the way up to the top of Pikes Peak. Make sure you take a, dr- a day and drive down to Pueblo. I didn't even say anything. I didn't even say anything. I was going to say, said no one ever. Said no one ever. You guys know, hey, come on. Pueblo is like the Uncle Eddie of Colorado. We love him. He's just a little bit crazy. Just a little. I'm from Kentucky. We can make fun of ourselves. It's okay. It's good. If you're from Pueblo, please don't leave. Please don't leave. I want to point out that in both of these particular texts that I just read to you, the angels began by saying, fear not. Don't be afraid. Fear not, don't be afraid, instead, behold. Fear not, don't be afraid, but instead, pay attention. Fear not, don't be afraid, but instead, don't miss this. I bet each of us can recall a time in our life where we missed something important, or we overlooked overlooked something because of fear. Maybe it was because of fear that you didn't make the ask. It was because of fear that, You didn't tell the truth. It was because of fear that you didn't speak up and you know you should have. You see, fear has a tendency to steal our focus. It can cripple us with indecision. It can oftentimes make us sacrifice what's most important for what feels like is the most urgent. I would tell you that throughout our lives, we are going to have opportunities And we're gonna have opportunities because there are going to be some hard circumstances, some difficult things that happen in our life and we're gonna be able to do one of two things, ready? We're gonna either inform our faith or we're going to inform our fear. For some people, uh, this season um, leads them to inform their fears more than they typically would. I've often, pray for my voice, I've been pushing through two services, this third one. I've often referred to Christmas as the great magnifier. If things are going good in your life, it'll magnify all the things that are going good in your life. If things aren't so good, and if things are difficult, it will magnify all the things that are difficult. And I want want to do something. I want to say something to you right now, and it it may have the potential to lead you somewhere that I don't want you to go, so would you do me a favor and like tune in, like just focus in on what I'm about to say. Can I encourage you this Christmas that no matter how, much thi- how, how many things haven't gone in the way that you would have hoped, m- maybe you've even lost somebody, and I don't want to take away from any of that. I talked to a, a lady um, in the last service who just lost her father, and this is the first Christmas without her father, and many of you have experienced those moments. And I'm not trying to take away from that. I'm not telling you that you shouldn't think about those things and pay attention to those things. But can I just encourage you this Christmas to also allow God to say, 
I, I see that. I know that pain exists. And the reason I sent Jesus is because I wanted you to know that you don't have to walk through that pain alone. But don't miss this. Like, I know, I know this is hard. I know this hurt. I know you didn't get everything that you wanted, not just for Christmas, but in life. But don't miss this. Don't miss that the Christmas message is about my love for you, how much I love you, that I was willing to send my only son on a rescue mission to redeem what you broke, because we broke that, we know that, right? We broke the relationship with our Heavenly Father and God didn't wait for us to come to him. He goes, no, I'll send Jesus so that he can come and he can redeem that. He can, he can fill that chasm. He can write that void. Will you not miss that my son came to, to illustrate and to demonstrate and to communicate how much I actually love you? And yes, I know some things in your life are difficult and I know some of these things over here are not gonna go away. And I'm not telling you to ignore them. I'm just asking you if you'll pay attention to this. I'm just asking you to make sure that you don't miss this because maybe if you actually focus more on this and my love for you and what this Christmas season actually means, maybe by having a greater level of focus on that, you'll find more healing in this. The message of Christmas I believe is God telling each and every one of us, don't miss this. Christmas is what I would say or refer to as scene one in a sequence of events of God's redeeming story through Jesus. It's scene one, and we're going to talk about these other scenes in a moment. It's scene one in God coming to rescue us. And I would suggest that we would save ourselves a lot of heartache throughout our lives if we would learn the habit of informing our faith instead of informing our fear. I think you'd find more peace than you would panic. I think you would learn to live in wisdom instead of worry. And maybe, maybe it comes down to these two, two words. Either we can behold or we can be afraid. We can behold, we can pause and allow God to take our attention and put it on what he wants it on, or we can allow our fears to inform our focus, continuing to allow it to steal our joy. Let me say it this way. Mary and Joseph had a plan, right? I bet they had an awesome wedding plan, right? I bet it was gonna be on a 14er and it was gonna have a beautiful backdrop, right? I mean, they, they were ready. They were to, re to have a beautiful wedding. They had a plan. But God. If you're new here to Trace, those are two words we use a lot around here. But God. God had a purpose. They had a plan, but God had a purpose. And you ready for it? You were his purpose. Amen. You were his purpose. You were enough for him to step out of heaven and put on flesh and come and live a perfect life, something that no one else has ever done or ever will be able to do so that he could then offer a perfect living sacrifice so that he could fill the void of death that separates us from a holy, loving God. You were his purpose. And I know that's easier for me to say, right? I know it's easier for me to get up here and say that from a stage like this 
And I don't want to diminish anybody's story in the, the pain. Maybe you've been dealt more than your fair share of pain in life. I don't want to diminish any of that, but I'm just asking, would you allow God this Christmas to maybe show you, hey, we can deal with that better if I can just get you to not miss this. Behold, behold. I want to show you something that the prophet Isaiah said uh, 750 years before we see Jesus arrive in that manger. In Isaiah chapter nine, he says this, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. I want you to remember these names for Jesus, okay? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I can't speak for you, but I know that when my insecurity is getting the best of me, I need a wonderful counselor. When I'm watching a lot of nonsense happen around me and I see things that are just downright evil and I, I feel like we're not gaining any ground as the church sometimes and if I'm not careful, I begin to lose hope. You know what I need? I need a mighty God. When the people in my life disappointment, disappoint me and they don't follow through on what they said they were gonna do, you know what I need? An everlasting father. When I'm going through a darker season of life and there's some circumstances coming my way that I can't, I can't do anything about, and I begin to allow, well, let me say that differently, I begin to inform my fear instead of informing my faith and anxiety starts to breed within me. You know what I need? I need a prince of peace. We can either be hold or we can be afraid. And I wanna encourage all of us this Christmas to open ourselves up to the fact that you might be overlooking something that God is specifically trying to point out to you. His faithfulness to see you through this difficult time in your marriage maybe, his comfort and mercy during, during what has felt like a dark season, his hope in a time of despair, maybe a reminder of all the things that you have to be grateful for even though you didn't get everything that you wanted. And again, not just for Christmas, but in life. Maybe we need to be reminded that God so loved the world, and you've heard me do this before, can we make John three sixteen a lot more personal? For God so loved Aaron, for God so loved Emily, for God so loved Ryan, for God so loved Jacob, put your name there, that he sent his son on a rescue mission, that Jesus stepped out of heaven so that he could come and walk among us. We use this word for God oftentimes around this time of year called Emmanuel, right? I love, I love that name of God. Emmanuel reminds us that God is with us, but maybe a more elaborate definition of Emmanuel is not just that God is with us, but that he came to us. <laughs> that he didn't wait for us to come to him, that he came to us. And maybe this is your behold moment. He came to us and he walked among us, ready? So that you could one day walk among him. Behold, don't be afraid. Behold, pay attention. Don't miss this. Don't allow the Christmas story 
Don't allow Christmas to simply be what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, even though that would be more than enough. But can we all be reminded today of the incarnational story of how God came to this earth as a baby, that it still shows us that there are breakthroughs that are possible for our life right now? Anybody else want a breakthrough? Anybody else want to see God show up in your life and you've already kind of defined or you've established that nothing is going to happen here. It's, it's too far gone. He's too far gone. She's too far gone. I'm too far gone. But God, behold, don't miss this. Pay attention. I want to do something because I believe in... Uh, the habit of repetition. And so what I'd like to do during our time together right now is I'm gonna have them put these two words up on the screen. And when I say Emmanuel, I want you to say God is with us. And when I say behold, I want you to say don't be afraid. But I want you to mean them. I want you to go to a different place in your soul right now, okay? Emmanuel. Behold. Emmanuel. Behold, Emmanuel, behold. I wanna close by showing you something that I learned this week. And when I can, I like to let you guys know that because I'm not as smart as I make myself out to be sometimes. And, and I learned something this week that I didn't know. And it's, if you ask me, it's significant. When I was doing a word study on the word behold, I was looking at the different places where it shows up. And believe it or not, the word behold precedes every major life event in Jesus' rescue and redemptive story for us, every one of them. And so I wanna read those to you, and I want you to not just stay settled in the Christmas story, but I want you to allow the narrative to continue. I'm gonna read the ones that we already read, the virgin birth in Luke chapter one, and behold, Pay attention, don't miss this. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Nine months later, the angel said to them, the shepherds in the field, fear not, for behold, pay attention, don't miss this. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. 30 years after that, Jesus begins his ministry. Some of you may not know this, that he lived 30 years of life before he actually started his ministry. And he had three years of doing ministry. Before he started that, John the Baptist comes on scene to prepare the way for him. It says, the next day he, which is John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, behold, pay attention. Don't miss this. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Three years later, we find Jesus on a Roman crucifixion, a cross that both you and I deserved, but that he took. And in his final moments on that cross, it says that Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and he yielded up his spirit and behold, pay attention, don't miss this. Curtain of the temple was torn in two. Now, if you don't have any background in the church, I just want to take a moment and teach on this briefly. You see, before Jesus came and defeated death, there was a curtain in the Jewish temple, and they were, 
it was told to them that God's presence was residing behind this curtain. It was called the Holy of Holies. And only the most religious person among them, which was the high priest, was able to go into the presence of God. And so when Jesus defeats death in this moment, the very thing that separated God from the average person like you and me was this curtain. It was ripped as a very tangible illustration to show us that God had done something new, that he removed the barrier that keeps people like you and me that are broken and messed up and flawed. And now we can go into the presence of an almighty God through the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook and the rocks were split. Three days later, and behold, pay attention, don't miss this. There was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and he sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing was white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. There it is again. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. I know it's not Easter, but can we give a hallelujah and an amen for the fact that Jesus defeated death. And because he defeated death, we can now walk in life. And I don't want you to miss this. This blew me away. The final scene that's yet to take place comes from the very mouth of Jesus in the very last chapter of scripture, Revelation chapter 22. And Jesus says, behold, pay attention. Don't miss this. I'm coming back, I'm coming soon. And blessed is the one who keeps these words from the prophecy of this book. I'm the alpha and I'm the omega, I'm the first and last, I'm the beginning and the end. I don't know what you're going through today, I don't. I don't know the kind of fears in your life that have caused you to inform your fear before you inform your faith. But what I do know is that the narrative of the redemptive rescue story of Jesus was also always preceded with one word. Behold. You got all kinds of things that are distracting you. You got all kinds of things that are gonna consume your time and your attention and your focus. But please don't miss this. Please don't miss what I've done for you. What I'm doing in you. And if you'll allow me what I wanna do through you, behold, stop, pay attention. Don't miss this. I've asked the worship team and I'll go ahead and invite them to come up on stage. I've asked the worship team to lead us in a song. And it was kind of interesting because Tyler, which is our creative arts pastor here, we were thinking about kind of what song to sing after this. And typically we would sing a Christmas song, right? It's Christmas time but we decided to break tradition this year and we're still gonna do a candle lighting and we're still gonna do Silent Night together. But we were looking and I was looking for different songs and he was looking for different songs. I landed on this particular song and it was like the perfect bow on everything that I felt like God has led me to say. And the song is called Behold. And so I wanna encourage you that as they lead us in this song, that if you feel led, stand up. 
And this is one of those moments where it's like, if you're the only person standing up in your row, who cares? Stand up, put your hands in the air. But if you need to stay seated, you need to bow your head, you need to reflect on maybe some things that have been said, then feel free to do that. But I pray that God would use this song and you're gonna see those same names for God show back up. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. I pray that God would use this to get you to pay attention to what he wants you paying attention to as we step into a Christmas day tomorrow. I'm gonna pray for us right now and then these guys are gonna lead us through this song. God, God, first I'm just gonna say thanks for letting me get through three services with a cold. But then, God, I would just wanna say help us. Help us to behold. Help us to pay attention to the things that you want us paying attention to. And yes, a big part of that is the reason for this season, but maybe it's the person in front of us. Maybe even in the midst of our loss and disappointment, it's the blessings that we still can count. Maybe after making our way through a very difficult and dark time, it's a reminder of your mercy and your hope in the time of hopelessness at times. God, help us to behold. Show us what you want us to pay attention to. And I pray that you would use this song. In Christ's name we pray, amen.